the ideal world, as far as I'm concerned, the ideal world for any business owner would be to work with people who spend the most money and you know you love working with anyway. If you can get those as your clients, then you're in the perfect world. Creating the beauty business that you dream of doesn't have to take over your life. It's all about mastering some basic principles and putting in place strategies to give your business the strong foundation it needs to build from. Throw in the right mindset, a handful of proven systems, being willing to stretch your comfort zone just a little and knowing how to promote and market yourself properly and your success is inevitable. Problem is, that's not what they taught you when you were learning your skills. So that's what I'm here for. Welcome to the Beauty Business Podcast. Now with over half a million downloads worldwide, it's the number one podcast for the independent beauty business owner, dedicated to helping you grow your business, to get the clients and the money that you want without all the stress and the worry. Now, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I've been helping spas and salons all over the world to succeed for over 20 years now. And I'm going to help you transform your business starting today. Hi there, and today we're talking all about your ideal client, what this actually means, why you should care, and what you actually do with the information once you understand who they are. Before we dive into the episode today, though, I wanted to make sure that you've taken the opportunity to grab yourself a copy of my incredibly popular, entirely free, and very useful ebook. It's called The Seven Day Booking Boost, and that's exactly what it is. Well, it's actually that and a whole lot more. It's basically a framework for quite simply leveling up your beauty business in just 15 minutes a day. The initial result of that being more bookings for you, and you'll start to see results inside of just seven days. But the longer you do it for, the bigger the results you're going to get. Now, it's brand new. It's brand new edition. It's rather beautiful, and it's specifically designed for beauty and wellness business owners and operators just like you. It contains a very simple, easy three-step process that'll take you just 15 minutes a day, ideally the first 15 minutes of your day, to almost guarantee a massive increase in your effectiveness, an increase in your connection with your clients and an amplification of all your marketing efforts, which in turn will bring you more bookings, more clients, and even a lot more sales as well. So if you want a very short, effective checklist that's full of delightful humor and joy, then go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash boost and download your copy today. Hello, friends. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of the Beauty Business Podcast with me, Adam Chastley, your host. And today we're talking about ideal clients. Okay, something we've talked about on the show before, something a lot of people talk about and it's one of those things that's worth reminding us about because it's very easy to fall into the trap. When you're trying to get more clients, it's very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, well, I have a fixed-based business, a fixed-place business, brick-and-mortar business, or even if you're mobile, you have a kind of a, a catchment area of people. You know, People will generally travel for a certain distance to come and visit you. There are always some outliers who will travel further because they love you and all that kind of thing. But generally speaking, you probably know the limit of where your clients, your potential clients, are willing to travel from to come and see you. Or like I say, if you're mobile, uh, the distance that you're able to travel realistically and feasibly and all that kind of thing to ensure that you're you know, not zipping around all over the place and, and you're actually making money. So you kind of understand that. So there's a very easy kind of way to think about this in terms of thinking, well, there's there's a certain geographic area that I can work in. And in that certain geographic area is a physical fixed-ish number of people who live there. So if I try and appeal to as many of those people as possible, then that means I will get, or my chances of converting those to clients will be higher because I'm trying to appeal to as many of the people in that area as possible. Whereas actually this is completely false because 
you probably don't realize it, but when you're trying to do this, when you're uh, trying to appeal to as many people as possible, you subconsciously depersonalize all of your marketing. Okay. And remember, your marketing is not the thing that gets you clients. Your marketing is the thing that gets the attention of the people who are potentially your clients so that you can then convert them into actual clients. We've gone over that ad nauseum in this podcast before. Um, but if your marketing is so bland uh, and vanilla and you know, trying to please everyone that it's actually overlooked by everyone, you know, like the uh, the dodgy beige thing that's been sitting at the bottom of the fridge for ages and you're not quite sure what it is. So you keep kind of overlooking it. You know, exactly like that. It's just not going to catch anyone's attention at all. It's just going to kind of sail under the radar. No one's going to notice it. And as I said, it's not going to bring you any clients at all. Flip side of that is to actually appeal to the people who are most likely to be your ideal clients. And the people who are most likely to be your ideal clients are the people who are going to get you and they're going to get your personality. And that's what's going to resonate with you. If you think about the, the clients that you already have, that you enjoy working with the most, okay? Those are the ones that you can have a bit of fun with, you know, you look forward to them coming in, all those kind of things. So why wait till you've actually got them as clients to then connect with them using your personality? Why not use your personality to connect with them in the first place? Yes, this will mean that you're almost kind of narrowing down this certain size pool of people you have in your area. But by narrowing down, you're actually focusing in on the people who are most likely to be your clients, and therefore it's going to be easier to connect with them. That's kind of the theory. So that's what we're exploring in the episode today. And uh, I want to try and help you figure out, A, how to figure out who your ideal client is in a slightly more strategic way than just kind of plucking ideas out of the air. Uh, I want to give you a few ideas on what to actually do with that information once you've got it, and how that can actually translate from the understanding of who they are to them converting into clients. So that's kind of what we're trying to do in the episode today. Now, I will say on this, obviously, we've got a certain period of time in the episode here, and I will give you some ideas. However, I've decided to do a free workshop over in my uh, Facebook group, my free Facebook group called Beauty Business Hackers. I'm going to be doing that later this week, but we'll record it and put it up in the group as well. Um, it's going to be a true workshop, so we're going to have a workbook and everything, because I think this is such an important piece of the business puzzle that everyone talks about in terms of figure out who your ideal client is. You know, there's a lot of advice out there going, you know, talk to your ideal client, figure out who your ideal client is, but no one really specifically giving you a strategy to do it. And we've had this inside of Beauty Business Secrets Pro and my one-to-one -one clients for ages. And I thought, well, this is something that I can share with everyone very easily. Um, we've kind of distilled it down now into a kind of a half an hour process, which will absolutely give you uh, a real insight into your ideal client. You'll come out with it with a very specific, very clear understanding of, of who they are and what to do with that information. So we're going to kind of cover it uh, kind of surface level here, but then we're going to actually go dive deeper into the workshop later. So if you want to come and join me in the workshop, all you need to do is come along to Beauty Business Hackers. Just search for that on Facebook uh, and we'll pin it to the top of the group for a bit or we'll put it in the guide section. So just come along and check that out. So first of all, how to identify your ideal client. Okay, now I've seen some advice out there that just kind of says, you know, start with just thinking of some personality traits that your ideal client has. Now, that's actually not a terrible start because at least it means you've thought about it and it means that you're going to be aiming for a certain type of person rather than trying to appeal to everyone. So it's actually kind of first step good advice. At least you're, you're narrowing down who you're talking to, but it's never going to get you the very best results. What you need is a slightly more strategic approach. And that's really what we use. And basically we focus on 
really four key areas. You don't have to focus on all of them, but the more of these you can include, the kind of the the more laser focused you're gonna be able to get on your ideal client. And the first one is simply to look at the clients that you have. And even if you've got just a few clients, you've got quite a few clients already, um, look at the client list that you've got and look back, say, six months, 12 months, as long as you can reasonably and easily. Look at who spent the most money with you over the last six, 12, 18 months. Okay. Now there's a huge correlation between them spending money with you and them being an ideal client. So I know it's not all about money, but this is your business at the end of the day. So the more you can kind of focus it on the people who are going to spend the money with you, there's a very strong correlation we've always found between the people who spend the money and the people who are your ideal clients. So if you can kind of focus in on those, that's what we always recommend. So if you can come up with like the list of the 10, the 5, 10, 15 highest spending clients over a certain period of time, take a look at those, write their names down, and then just do a very simple exercise of just writing the, the three to five words or personality traits or things that come to mind when you think of that person. Go through each one. Don't spend ages on this, but literally a couple of minutes on each one. What are the few words or thoughts or phrases or things that come to mind of each person? Okay. And try and, if you can, try and do this in sort of isolation from from each one. Don't try and make them all fit a mold, if that makes any sense. So you can do that. And that's one way. And then you've got certainly some kind of building blocks of the personality traits of someone who is your ideal client. Now, the next thing that we do is we look at the people who are your favorite clients, okay? The ideal world, as far as I'm concerned, the ideal world for any business owner would be to work with people who spend the most money and, you know, you love working with anyway. If you can get those as your clients, then you're in the perfect world. So next one is to look at that list of clients. Again, look at who are your favorite clients. And it's completely up to you how do you define who your favorite client is. But to me, favorite client would be someone who kind of when you come in on a morning and you open up and you look at your appointment book on that day and you see their name on there, it just kind of puts a smile on your face. You know, your shoulders lower and you go, oh, that's going to be a good fun hour or I'm going to enjoy that. That's going to be the, the highlight of my work day. So that's someone who's your favorite client. So make a quick list of those people. And again, quick personality traits, quick things that come to mind, words that you associate with those people. And you'll start to build up this kind of idea of a list of things that, that someone who is your ideal client, traits that they will have. And this will start to give you that insight. Now, the other way that we use is to also look at the people that you've been able to help the most. Okay, so if you offer some sort of transformational uh, service, or even if just you know that the certain people come to you with a particular problem, desire, issue, query, question, and you've been able to help those people more than anyone else, then that's another great indicator and a great place to go and look at this if you're not sure who this could be. Go and look at any reviews that you've had, okay? And look at the people who have sort of said, before coming to see you or visiting your business, this is where I was. And afterwards, I was in this other better place. Okay. So try and look at those kind of reviews. And then again, see what those traits bring to the table and add it to your other list as well. And you're starting to build up this idea of who your ideal client is, the person who's going to spend the most money with you, the person you're going to have the most fun with, and the person you're going to be able to help the most. Okay. And if you can do those things, that's going to really start to build you a very strong picture of who your ideal client is. Now, incidentally, this is also why discounts don't attract your ideal clients. Discounts will only ever attract the people who are attracted to discounts. And we all kind of know this, but it's again, it's another one of these very easy fallback positions to go to. So you need clients 
And let's discounts work. Okay. We know this discounts bring clients in. They get people's attention. Not necessarily, I truly believe this, not necessarily because of the fact it's getting money off, but it's just the simplest form of special offer for someone to understand. And that is kind of our challenge. If you can come up with an, an offer that's a, not a discount, ideally added value, but this is easy for your clients to understand, your potential clients to understand, that's always a more powerful uh, promotion to put out there. But the fact is, it's really easy for us to say, here's this treatment that we have, here's a, an amount of money off it. It's very easy for a client to work out the benefit or, or the, the better deal they're getting there. But the problem is discounts don't attract your ideal client because your ideal client isn't looking for a discount. They're looking for someone just like you are. They're looking for someone who they can enjoy working with, someone they can enjoy giving their money to, someone who they don't mind paying the premium prices if it's absolutely the right service for them. And that could be based on a number of things, convenience, uh, fun, quietness, all the different things that different people look for in businesses. And this is the great thing about our industry. You know, you can have a business that specializes in facials, but this could be a very quiet, calm space. It could be a very busy, bustling space. It could be a young space. It could be a, a more traditional uh, beauty clinic, all sorts of different things. And different people want different things. And that's exactly the point here. You want to be appealing to the people who best fit your business, your personality, your business's personality, which is often your personality as well. So that's why discounts don't work and they don't bring in your ideal client. They do work to bring in some clients, but generally speaking, there's always the exception, but generally speaking, they're going to bring the people who want a deal. And the second that they find another deal, they're going to go somewhere else. So if your intention is to bring in clients who are going to come back and back and back again, discounts are never, ever the best way to go. Use them strategically to grow, um, you know, attention and, and get the word out there. Sure. But always be careful with discounts because they generally don't bring in your ideal client. Now, the next section I wanted to talk about was uh, something that I talk about in presentations when I do it. And I always ask the question, you know, is your ideal client more of a dog person or a dragon person? And this always gets a few funny looks. But basically what I'm saying is beyond the personality traits that you might associate with that person and why they come to your business, kind of go one step beyond. What do they do outside of you know, the world that they come to you in. You know, what are their hobbies? What are their interests? What's their, um, what other things do they do in their life? And are there any similarities there between your clients? And a great place to start here is really what are your interests outside of work? Because more often than not, we find there's a very strong correlation between your ideal clients based on the strategic methods we've talked about in terms of favorite clients, biggest spending clients, the ones that you can help the most, there's always a very strong correlation between their personality type and your personality type, which makes sense because if you're going to have a client that's fun for you to work with, chances are you've got a lot of things in common with them. So that might be, you know, the fact that you both love dogs or you both go wild water swimming or you both hike up mountains at a weekend or you like skydiving or you, in your spare time, write fantasy novels about dragons. Okay, so that's why I say, is your client more of a dog or a dragon person? Because it's also about getting under the, that surface layer of why they're coming to you, but understanding what they like as well, because that way, instantly you get more things to talk about them in your marketing. So if you understand that they're going to be, let's say, a little bit geeky and they're going to like, say, I don't know, science fiction or Game of Thrones or Desperate Housewives or you know, all the different types of genres of programs they can watch. The more you understand that and can talk about those things, again, the easier it is for A, you to 
put the marketing out there, write the posts, write the emails, uh, build that personality in there, but the better it's going to connect with people as well. Now, there's a story that I always tell about a client that I worked with a few years ago called Anthea. And I've told this story before, probably on the podcast, but it just resonates so well with this point. Um, And if you want to find out all about Anthea's story, I'll very, very, very briefly touch on it here. We recorded a whole video uh, about Anthea's story. It's over on my YouTube channel, which you can go and check out, which is Beauty Business Secrets over on YouTube. Um, But basically, Anthea, lovely, lovely person, great beauty therapist, uh, specialized in waxing and nails. And she had her own salon at home, converted cabin in the garden. And she was really struggling to get clients, really struggling. Big, bubbly personality, but struggling to get clients. Now, we did a few different things together, but the key thing that we did right at the beginning that really stood out and immediately made the difference was figuring out her ideal client profile. We took the exact process, the one I'm actually going to go through in the workshop uh, this week in the group, um, and we really kind of got focused on her ideal clients. And simply by doing that and just changing how she spoke to her clients in her marketing and who she was targeting, immediately started to bring in more clients. And the reason I talk about Anthea more than anyone else, because this always has a beneficial effect, but it was incredible how quickly things turned around because we didn't change very much about her business at all. The key thing that we changed was simply talking to her ideal clients. And within a few months, she was fully booked. And within a few more months, she actually had to move out of her cabin and move into bigger premises because she couldn't cope with a number of clients that were coming in. So she will always put this down to understanding her ideal client uh, profile, uh, having that ideal client profile. Really, I mean, we got down to the point of really being able to give that person a name and a backstory and hobbies and what they like to do. And this simply means, and this is the next point in this process, that whenever you're then marketing to people, rather than trying to write to the kind of masses out there and trying to make sure that everyone's included and you don't kind of offend anyone like that, and while I should say <laughs> the the uh, your attempt should never be to offend people, obviously, um, but you know it means she can write her marketing emails to that specific ideal client that she's now created that exact profile. She can reference her backstory. She can reference holidays that this fictional person has been on. And yes, this is based on a number of her existing clients. But because we're writing to one person, and this includes social media posts, this includes adverts, this includes. Uh, emails, this includes any other promotional marketing that she's doing. It means that you're just writing to that one person, just like if you were to write an email to your best friend. If you were to write an email to your best friend, you would not sit there and write it out and then very, very carefully go through it, take out anything that could possibly be offended and then kind of think about it for a bit and go back and change other bits again and worry about sending it and all that. You'd just write it put some in-jokes in there, put some, you know, not care if you've got spelling mistakes or whatever in there, and you just hit send. And if you can get to that point with your marketing, A, it's going to save you a massive amount of time, but it's also going to make your marketing a lot more effective as well. So those are the key stages, really. It's first of all, understanding your ideal client and having a bit of a strategic way of doing that. It's understanding the reason for doing that is, yes, you're narrowing the number of people who, you know, you're kind of talking to, but in doing so, you're actually increasing the chances of that actually getting their attention and having an impact. Then you're understanding that 
you know, discounts are not going to work. And you'll also understand what offers your ideal client are actually looking for, what's going to get their attention and convert them into clients. You're understanding their backstory as well. So it's going to make things easier for you to write to connect with your clients. And you're not going to wait till they're actually a client before you really have that connection with them. You're going to start building that up before. And finally, once you understand who they are, it's what you actually do with it. It's how you actually take that information and use it in your marketing and reference it all the time through your marketing. So there's a constant thread of the things you talk about, the backstory you talk about, the habits your clients have, the programs your clients watch, the brands that they like, the shops that they shop at. That's how you resonate and connect with your ideal clients. Now, if you want to know more about this, if you want to come and check out my workshop, like I said, it's going to be in Beauty Business Hackers. It's going to be this week. So if you listen to the podcast on the day that it comes out, um, you'll be able to come and join me live for that. However, we will stick it in the group, we'll record it, and we'll put it as the pin post for a while. So if you listen to this episode, come and check out um, Beauty Business Hackers group. Just search for it on Facebook, and we'll make sure that we put the client workshop uh, the ideal client workshop in there for you. So if you come later on, just search for that and that will be in the group for you. And there'll be worksheets and everything you need to actually do this process. Okay, cool. That has been me for this week. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. As always, I appreciate your feedback. I appreciate your reviews. If you've got a spare two minutes now, if you could just hop onto iTunes, that'd be really useful. Uh, go give the podcast a quick rating. That takes about seven seconds because you just have to click on a star rating. Please be honest and let me know what you think. And if you've got an extra 30 seconds, leave me a quick review as well. Don't forget to tell me the things that you like and the things that you'd like to see coming up as well. I'd really appreciate that. So uh, that's all for me for this week. Have an amazing week. I will see you again, or you will hear me again this time next week. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Beauty Business Podcast. My name is Adam Chatterley. And if you've enjoyed this show today, then you must make sure you don't miss another episode. Just click subscribe in whatever podcast application you are listening to this on to be notified when a new episode is released. And if you'd like even more help starting, growing, or scaling up your beauty business, then just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash help. And there are a number of resources right there to entertain, enlighten, and assist you in your business journey, no matter what stage you're at. 